This is the Influencers Network Podcast. I'm Brian Craig, your host. I'm the Executive Director for Influencers Global Ministries. Uh, We're headquartered over here in Benville, Arkansas. Uh, I'm happy to have uh, one of our journey guides here, uh, someone I guided a couple's journey group last year and uh, and a man who is guiding a men's group this year. Um, we uh, we put a, a request out there if anybody would like to... Uh, request something about on a podcast or, or whatever to send us an email at podcastquestions at influencers.org. And a few things I've heard is that you guys want to hear more stories. You want to hear stories of real life uh, people that have gone through the journey, how God has transformed their lives. That seems to be something that we're just kind of tuned in to want to know about is, is other people's stories. So so I want to welcome David Welton. David, welcome yeah. this morning. Thanks um, for asking me. Yeah, I, I know David's uh, father-in-law, Paul Holzmer, uh, in Tulsa. We did a lot of journey stuff together over in Tulsa, and and uh, Paul had four daughters just like me, So uh, and he told me that... You know, we talked about not having any sons, and he said, well, no, the thing is, you will have sons someday. You'll have four sons someday, and uh, he's proud of his son-in-laws, and David is one of them. So, uh, so David, um, tell, I want to talk a little bit about your experience with the journey and just a few of the things that God's taught you and your story in, in these last few years. And uh, so I'm, gonna, I'm just going to start by asking you, um, tell me what your life was like as far as your relationship with Christ before you found out about this process called the journey. Kind of set that up of where you yeah. were, and then, and then you can talk about how you got introduced to it, and then we'll go from there. Yeah, yeah. So I'm 47 years old now, and I've been, uh, I would feel like, uh, saved for about three years now. But I've been going to church for, gosh, 17 years and um, but didn't really understand relationship with Christ didn't had no clue what inner chamber abiding the first time I was approached or uh, I found out about the journey and the words abiding and intimate relationship were talked about I thought first thing I thought was like what is this like Victoria's Secret (laughs) guys don't have intimate relationships right uh, but it, it, it's had a tremendous, incredible impact in my life. So the, the quick um, version, the Cliff Notes version of my story is I grew up uh, in with a great family. My mom's Catholic. Uh, my dad was really agnostic. So my mom went to church, dragged me and my brothers to church every uh, week until I was 18. At that point, she gave us the choice whether we wanted to go or not and of course, at 18, I was more interested in girls and, and sports, so I passed on church and just thought it was something that was kind of a time killer on Sunday. Um, was a, a standout athlete in sports, and, and so at that point in my life, just thought that I was a standout athlete, thought sports was my identity. And uh, go, transitioning from high school to college, uh, quickly found out that when you're a stud in high school doesn't equate to a stud in college. And so uh, when college football wasn't going to be 
a thing for me. I didn't know what my next identity was be was going to be. So I, I, I call them badges, Brian. So I kind of, I, I switched my athlete badge for partier badge and, and, um, fraternity partier badge. I just thought school was about socializing and, and partying. Uh, when that kind of drove me into just the, the, the doldrums, I, I felt like, you know, there was, there was no end, you know, the only end to this was just, um, to partying was just, there was really no end. Death really was, was, was just this weird kind of sensation that I felt one night. And, and, and it's interesting as I look back now, God was, was walking with me the whole way. I mean, I had no idea who God was, uh, you know, that you could have a relationship with him. But as I look back, I see him um, just carefully putting people and, and guiding my circumstances, putting people into my, my path. He brought my wife, uh, Kara, into my path uh, after about the third time I'd failed out of college and was given it the next shot. And uh, that's when I met uh, my father-in-law, who was a, a very godly man, as you alluded to earlier. I mean, here's a guy I'll never forget this one instance where uh, it was my first Thanksgiving at the Holzmer's house, and we had a big meal, Thanksgiving turkey, and we're finishing up. We're all at the table. We're finishing up, and so I turn to Paul, and I say, all right, let's go see, you know, what the Cowboys are doing on foot to play, you know, who they're playing, and he looks at me. He goes, there's there's football on? And I thought, man, here is a guy who has given up his manhood to be this dad to these four wonderful you know daughters and it was just it was just a picture of a servant you know and and I knew he was there you know they're very Christian what I thought at that time they were very churchy they went to church and didn't drink and and all this stuff and but I just and but what was awesome about Paul is he just he never judged and his wife Debbie another one uh, just they they never judged me and never tried to preach to me because I was I would have been very uh, I would have stiff armed that because um, I had I had people in my life try to preach to me and um, so God brought my wife uh, into my life and then brought me into the Holzmer family and started to see what a servant was like and at that point I got. He, he was taking me out of this partier phase, this partier badge, and started to, uh, I started to put on this uh, good, you know, Karen and I got married, and so I put on this good husband. I'm not sure, I'm still not sure to this day why she married me. That had to be a God thing. I, I, I tease her all the time, and I call her proof of God, and she kind of feels like that's a little weighty. But, um, I mean, there, there's really no reason for this fabulously gorgeous woman who had it all together? I mean, straight A's in school and super smart, you know, to to have any attraction to this guy who was just about partying and playing golf, you know. <laughs> the only reason I wanted to get through school is because my parents kept bugging me. You need to get this degree. I mean, I had no clue what who I was or what I wanted to be. So anyway, she decides that uh, she would marry me. So I put on the good husband badge. I finally get myself through school. Uh, get a job and uh, start to do fairly well with with work and stuff like that and 
we transition. She decides after about five years of marriage that we want to move closer to her parents and have kids, start having kids. So at that point, I had quit my job. I worked for a drug company, had a real cush pharmaceutical sales deal. We both made good money. And so I quit my job. She got a job here in Northwest Arkansas. We moved our family to Northwest Arkansas. And um, I, I decided I didn't want to go back into pharmaceutical sales. I was kind of bored with it. So I decided to start a business. And, and man, it was just like one failure after another with starting businesses. And so here I am failing again. You know, I am failure as an athlete, failure as a, as a partier, although I was, I was okay at, at partying, you know, I, I could hang with just about anybody, but there was no glory in that, obviously. Uh, then I started to become a failure at providing for, for my family, and then we're starting to have Anna's born, I have a, a beautiful 12-year-old daughter, and then Luke's born, and it's about the time when Luke was born um, and my third business that I'd helped uh, start, the two guys who I had started it with approached me, and, and real quickly, I, I'd, I'd been there for about a year and a half, and I was going to run the finances. So I'm, I'm the finance guy, and I'm wearing the finance badge, and I'm the, the, the CFO of a startup, which really doesn't mean anything other than you're paying the bills. And, and this business that we had started actually had to – uh, it ended up being a debt collector position. So I had to call people and try and collect our bills. And so I, I hated what I was doing. I hated the job. I hated who I was. Um, I just had our second child. I was, my physical condition too had deteriorated to where I was weighing almost 300 pounds. I, I mean, I would sweat brushing my teeth. Uh, and I was going to church, but it was just kind of a thing you did to be a good dad, right? You know, and, and uh, so again, God starts throwing me these nuggets. Um, he, my brother-in-law just asked me to read a book with him called Shepherding uh, a Child's Heart. Um, and it's interesting. So I started to read it thinking, okay, this is going to teach me how to be a good dad, right? And all it does is, is goes to how's your heart, how's your soul, how's your relationship with Christ? And I was like, what do you mean relationship with Christ? I don't know. I go to church, you know, I write a tithe check periodically. Um, I go to my small group and, and we eat donuts, you know, or, and see how everyone's doing and, and just kind of sit there judgmentally sitting across from other people. And, and uh, so about that time, Kara's dad invites me to uh, Influencers Tulsa. Or it wasn't Influencers, it was uh, Promise Keepers Tulsa. And Influencers had a some advertisement going on there. And I was looking, I just, I was looking for something more. I hated who I was. I, I you know, didn't know who I was really. And um, so I see this advertisement and I ask Paul, hey, what's this, have you, do you know this Influencers thing? And he was just getting plugged in in Tulsa there. In fact, he, he, I think he knew you through the anchor. And, um, so I, I come home, I get on the influencers.org website and I register. And as soon as I turn away from the computer, my phone rings and it was uh, Brian Craig calling. And hey, I've got this guy over in Northwest Arkansas. His name's Tom C. He's going to call you and get you connected into a journey group. And I said, okay, wow, that was fast. 
And so I hang up with Brian, and like 30 seconds later, Tom C. calls. <laughs> hey, I'm Tom C., and I'm thinking, Tom, what does C stand for? Like Kozlowski or something? <laughs> I, don't, I don't understand that deal. But So anyway, and then he says, I'm going to send over Charles Ratliff over to your office and, and drop off this book. I want you to read it. Okay, great. So it, Charles Ratliff, like in 15 minutes, is at my office dropping off a book. And I'm just like, you know, I I still didn't have a relationship with God. But looking back, I'm like, okay, God, you know, (laughs) starting to get the hint now. God's sending his men after you. (laughs) Yeah, God's God's like deployed the troops. That's right. Yeah. So it it was an – and really that first group, it was me and Charles Ratliff, Chuck Sharp, and 12 other guys that were much older than me that were – like these Walmart, ex-Walmart dignitaries and vendor dignitaries. And here I am, just just this guy, random guy. And it was, it was the, the, the most profound um, group that I'd ever been through. It was awesome. Um, the guides were amazing. I, first time I'd enter, ever been induced, introduced to abiding and, and, and the inner chamber and these, these disciplines that I love, reading the Bible and journaling. I'd never journaled before. And, and at first I thought, that's just, I'm not going to be doing a diary. I just That's, again, that's, that's like Victoria's Secret. Guys don't diary, right? <laughs> and now I'm, I have to force myself to stop. I love, I love journaling so much. But um, so anyway... Um, that's where that's where the Holy Spirit really started to speak to me was that first prayer retreat in that first group, and that's, that was another thing. Walking into this prayer retreat, I'd never done a prayer retreat, so I'm thinking, wait, we have to go by ourselves and pray for three hours. I mean, I'll be done in two minutes, and I'll just take my phone and you know play Angry Birds or something for three hours. I don't know how that's going to work. Well, of course, Holy Spirit's like no. Um, it, it, three hours was up in what seemed like a minute, and it was the first time I'd ever felt like God had spoken directly into my ear and, and given me some specific things. I mean, I all, all my life I had been wearing these badges, I had no clue who I was, and, and he speaks into my ear and just says, David, I knitted you in the womb. I've prepared a place for me for you from the beginning of time. If you'll lean into me, I'll show you who you are. And and then he I walked away from that with the, and he gave me a couple of specific steps: be intentional, be a good steward, and and uh, get uncomfortable. And so I've just been doing that ever since, and uh, um, just the journey. I just get teary eyed sitting here thinking about how God has used Rocky and the journey and everybody that he's brought into my life for just a guy, some guy that didn't have a clue who he was and in his own mind had no worth whatsoever. Hmm. Well, you know, I want to, I want to bring you to a point, David. Uh, so you, uh, you had guided or you'd been through a couple journey groups and it had been suggested that you guide a group, but you weren't quite sure you were ready for that. You were kind of weighing that out. And that's about the time you and I met and uh, God put us together so we could guide a group, move me here so I could help guide a group with you, I guess. Yeah, I'm going to interrupt you because that's another God thing, the way that you and I met, Uh you know, so um, 
I'm on vacation in Florida, in Seaside, Florida, with the Holzmers, with Paul and Debbie and Kara and, and all the sisters and brother-in-laws. And Paul says, hey, I'm going to invite this guy over for dinner who is a friend from Tulsa. And it turns out to be Brian Craig. And so, like, the we, we meet really – and I guess we had met at the Promise Keepers, but only in passing. I really don't even remember meeting you, but – we, we come and have dinner together in Seaside, Florida, and it's like we were two long-lost brothers, and and we just started talking about we need to lead a journey group together. And so at that point, I'd been through two journey groups. The first one was awesome. The second one was, was good, but it, it I felt like the journey was, was my spiritual CrossFit, and, and physically, God had also brought CrossFit into my life, and I, so I lost all this weight and started eating healthy and getting really fit, and I just thought, you know, so now the now God's brought the journey, which is really the spiritual uh, discipline that I need in my life, so um, that, that was a cool, you know, and so here's God working in, in Seaside, Florida, of all places. Yeah, and, and, and just to tell a little bit more of that story, because I think it's pretty cool, too. Uh, you and I were going to lead a men's journey group. Yeah. And that was our intention. And around that, we had just moved to Arkansas, and my wife said, I wish we were doing a couples group. And I'm thinking, well, when my wife says stuff like that, I need to pay attention, you know. And so I came to you and said, what do you think about us doing a couples group instead? And at the time, your wife, Kara, was probably not ready for that, or she wasn't sure she was ready. Yeah. And it turned out to be, I mean, for all you listeners out there, David and I know the story, but it turned out to be an amazing couple's journey group and uh, in a lot of ways. Yeah, it, it was awesome because I'd re- the first journey group I ever went through, when we did the gifts assessment, I really had on, on my heart that I wanted Kara to assess m- my gifts because I'm thinking, you know, here I'm thinking about my gifts through my fleshly filter. I want Kara to – because she – my wife is awesome. She will be very honest and, and transparent when it when it comes to that. And so I just had on my heart for a while that I wanted Kara to go through the journey. I was like, I want to share this with you, and and uh, she just wasn't ready at that point. And but kind of kind of chicken winged her and strong armed her. We started with the six week study, and we did that, and then. Um, it was interesting because I was really kind of I was really kind of pressing her to do it and pressing her to do it and pressing her to do it, and she was pushing back at first. But then after we started the group, the couples group, I let off. Uh, the Holy Spirit really told me, "Hey, you need to let off the pedal here," <laughs> yeah. and I uh, let off the pedal. And and man, now she leads a women's journey group, um, and it's just you know again, God has has blessed me for what reason he hasn't uncovered that yet but i can't wait to see what that is well and we were uh we did the six-week study uh and we were we just had a handful of couples yeah and and we kept inviting a lot of people but nobody was really taking us up on it so we kind of were thinking okay well if it's just four or five couples we'll just do it and then when we launched the actual journey all these people showed up and uh and we had no idea couldn't believe it and then three of the couples uh three different couples the man had had an affair within the last year and they were in the process of healing, and we saw the journey. God used the journey and, and intimacy with Christ to just heal those marriages right in front of our eyes. And you know what those three couples are doing right now? 
leading journey groups. Leading journey group for yeah. the other couples. Yeah, yeah. It's, just, it's amazing. Yeah, amazing. so so that that was an awesome story. And if you guys want to hear more about that, you can contact me and I'll let you know more about it. But uh, the the journey works with couples too, if you didn't know that already. Um, so David, uh, mixed in that story, uh, you ended up going to our national uh, gathering in Malibu before we moved here to Northwest Arkansas. And uh, you had a you had a great uh, word from God. Tell tell everybody about that. Yeah. So um, you know, I, I feel like this is just a, an amazing experience. It, it was funny because when I'd been approached about going to Malibu by Tom C, um, I told him I couldn't do it. I would I had already I'd promised my wife we were doing a 15 year anniversary trip to Italy that was blowing the travel budget out the door out the water so I just didn't have any margin to go out to uh, Malibu and Tom just by whatever the Holy Spirit or whatever it was says well we've got a scholarship so you're going that's it okay (laughs) and so I I think oh well you know this will be fun I know a lot of the guys and you know we'll get to worship and whatever and just think you know fellowship with journey guys that's great Unbeknownst to me, the Holy Spirit had a different plan uh, for that because I still had a couple strongholds that I was I was really holding on to, and it's kind of like the in the Psalms. Um, I don't know if it's Psalm one nineteen where David's asking uh, the Lord to search him for those unknown sin, and this is one of that those unknown sins that I didn't know I was holding on to. I just knew that before I, I went to Malibu, had a couple instances where my son Luke, who at that point was five, he, he's kind of a wild, much like his dad, a little bit wild, and, and to get his attention, I would yell. And so that's what I kept telling myself. I'm just yelling to get his attention because he's, he's a little out of control and I need to yell. And the way I would do it, and I, 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 so I work out, and I have, you know, I have a physique, I guess, and and so when I would do it, I would get these veins popping out of my neck, and and sometimes you know really yell out of emotion and, and get scary. And so I had an instance where Kara uh, a couple times came to me and said, "Man, you were scaring me right there." Like, you know, in my heart, I'm thinking I'm never going to touch these guys. You know, Luke, I'm not going to haul off and, and beat him but I'm yelling at him in a scary way and and so after about the second time Kara told me that I I was uh, laying down with Luke and I typically will lay down with him before he goes to bed and read read a few passages out of the, the Bible and so I, before before I started reading I asked him I said when I yell at you what, what do you think he goes I get scared and so it really hit me and 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 so those events happened right before I went out to Malibu and so I go out to Malibu and um, just kind of typical what I thought was, ha- you know, fellowship and we're worshiping. I'm just enjoying worshiping with a bunch of guys and we're doing small breakout groups. And and one morning at breakfast, I decided to sit at a table with a bunch of guys that I didn't know. And there's this guy named Steve from Bakersfield, California. And, and if anyone out there from Bakersfield is listening, I mean, you, you guys know you're on fire out there. And so anyway... <laughs> We're just talking about our families, introducing ourselves, and I'm talking about Luke and my family, and there was really nothing in that conversation that stood out to me, but 
after we're done eating, we're going to go worship and we get up to go throw our, our stuff in the trash. And Steve turns to me and says, hey, man, the Holy Spirit wants me to tell you something after this worship thing. Come find me. And that was the first time I've ever had anyone tell me that. So I, I, it freaked me out. And I was like, what? The Holy Spirit's talking to you about me? We just had, we were eating eggs. So what, what's that about? So we go worship and that, that worship, worship session, I'm like totally distracted. I'm just like, what is this guy? You know, what did I, does he know me? Did I steal something from him? I'm like trying to think all this stuff. And so. I connect with him afterwards, and we have uh, after the worship, we have a three-hour prayer session where we can go off by ourselves and pray. Well, he and I go off, and we start walking around Malibu where we are, and he starts to tell me about he and his dad's relationship and how his dad used fear to to govern the household and how that just ruined his marriage and 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 drove him into the gangs and and drugs and stuff like that and then he started asking me how's you and your dad's relationship and it was like so I started explaining to him you know kind of my dad did the same thing to me you know he never really spanked me but he would yell and scare me you know like just I would be scared It, it it didn't make me want to stop what I was doing. I was just scared of him. And so the Holy Spirit, it's so funny, he just started, he just brought this this anger and this fear I had towards my dad up that I didn't even know was there. I mean, I, I thought I loved my dad, and I do love my dad, but we walked around, and, and Steve and I, and, and I started, he just fleshed this out of me, he and the Holy Spirit's prompting just fleshed this out of me, and I got on my knees. He and I both got on our knees, and we just prayed. And I just prayed, Dad, forget. And at this point, my dad has passed, so I can't call him up and say, Dad, I forgive you. But I just get I get on my knees, and I think, and I start praying with Steve. And we're like, Dad, I, I man, I forgive you, Father, forgive me for the sin, and and I just I I feel this weight released, and so. I, we finish up with no time left and and we go back into worship after that prayer thing and so that worship experience i i have my eyes closed and i'm worshiping and i i I kid you not so a lot of i tell this to a lot of i told this to my wife and she thought it sounded hokey and maybe i wasn't telling the truth but but i promise you i saw what i think was christ's face telling me you are released and Ever since then, like I've cut, like even Kara, you can you can you need to have Kara on one of these things so she can come and testify to this. That since then, I haven't yelled, I haven't felt the need to yell and use fear to govern the house, and it's just it's it, it's just a fruit of transformation. I mean, it's the Holy Spirit has has decided to come on me for no reason. I just I can't explain it don't understand it but I praise God every day for it and now I want to go out and I want to share it mm-hmm. I want to share it with uh, everyone that I come in contact with man God loves you and he doesn't care about your stuff he knows who you are even if you don't mm-hmm. and because um, he knows your stuff more than you do yeah <laughs> well and I, I think this is important David um 
you'd been through the journey twice, you know, and so the journey doesn't make you perfect. I mean, you know, we, oh, st- gosh, we still yeah. have issues that we're working through. The journey starts you on a lifelong journey. Yeah. But but you're open to the Holy Spirit. Yeah. <clears throat> and you're malleable. You're you know, and and so when something like that happens, you're you can receive it, you know, and right. And, so I just think that's a beautiful story and, and what God did. So um, <clears throat> just what would be your final word, David, to anyone out there who, first of all, if you've never been through, if you're a man just like you were, have never been through the journey, what would be your word to them? And then second would be if a guy's been through the journey, you know, and he's going, okay, what's next? I've been through the journey. What would you say to him? So you, whatever you want yeah, to Yeah, so let me start with somebody who's never been through the journey. Um you know, some of the things that I thought about when I was told what the journey was, you know, there's a nine-month time commitment. The, that sounds like a lot, a long time, you know. And, and um, the terms that, are, that were used, like I said earlier, abiding, an intimate relationship, I was, it wasn't sure about all that. Um, but I just felt like I was, I was just hungry. I needed something. I didn't know what it was at that point. So I would say to guys who haven't been through the journey that you are doing yourself a disservice if you don't at least go through it one time and and get yourself plugged in. And when you go through it, do it. Like, make the time. I mean, we're all so busy and we're running around with all our schedules. I mean, I've got two young kids and we're going to dance and swimming and baseball and school functions and I work, my wife works and we're doing church and ministry and man, there's like, it's just, there's, there needs to be 28 hours in a day. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's very easy. And I think Satan does that intentionally. And it may even be good things that we're doing work and ministry. These are all good things, right? But he gets us distracted from our number one purpose, which is abiding. I had no clue. I'd been in church for years and just never been shown. I mean, I'd heard a lot of great messages, walked out of a couple messages thinking, man, that was, I feel good. That was good. And it lasted for what, 30 minutes maybe. Mm. And it, 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 it really, the, the combination of the spiritual disciplines, the, the reading the Bible, which I'd never really done. I read the Bible a couple times, you know, parts of it. And just especially the Old Testament totally went over my head. It's like a bunch of people killing each other and and having sex. I don't, you know, it's not what that. <laughs> it, it must be a mistake. And uh, it, prayer retreats was another thing. I was just very intimidated, and the enemy tries to do that. Even during my first uh, journey group, the enemy tries to get me even busier. You know, business starts going really good, and and uh, so. I would say press into it, man. You know, the things of the spirit are are against the things of the flesh. Mm -hmm. And if it feels uncomfortable, it's probably good for you. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So uh, I would say do it. Just just do it and and go all in and and give it your all. For guys who have been through the journey and aren't really ready to guide yet, maybe you don't feel like you're equipped enough or, or don't. So I came through the journey and, and definitely felt like God had moved, but I didn't know if I was exactly in the quote unquote inner chamber. And I hadn't really felt like I'd personally abandoned fully. I mean, abandoned part, I had abandoned this section of my life, but not all of it. I would say keep going through it. Um, 
much like with exercise, you can go to the gym once and you can feel good af- after that one time, but after about a month, you you it's gone, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, you know, and, and I'm not talking salvation, but I think there's these spiritual disciplines here that the journey is built to help us get into and not only on our on our own, but as a community too. I think I think when we're when we're in the Bible and we're studying it and we're praying on our own, I think that's very beneficial and, and God has, has spoken to me many times through that. But also in community too. Mm-hmm. I think God has, has used guys in journey groups to speak a word that that laid on my heart, heavy on my heart. Uh, and so I would say, if you're not ready to guide, that's fine. Just go, go through it again. Yeah, you know, do it, do it again, and and just pour yourself into it because because there there is nothing in this world more important than our spiritual health. I mean, it, it, if there's something that has gotten you in a in a position to think that I don't have time to work on my spiritual health, you're being lied to, bro. Mm-hmm. Um, do it, just, just do it. Keep, keep going through it. The other thing I've equated it to is, is like mowing your grass. You mow your grass once, it looks great. But, uh, you know, a week later, especially if it's been raining, thing looks like a hay field. You got to keep mowing, yeah. you know, and, and, uh, the, it's not the mowing that's going to save you. Right. You know, it's not about the, it's not the means, you know, but you put yourself in proximity to the Lord and man, he does the work. Good, good. All right, David. Well, I think our time's up today, but I, I thank you for sharing your story. I think there'll be definitely some guys out there who are going to resonate with that and, and be blessed by it. So um, if you're listening out there on our website, I want to make sure that I, I let you guys know that the uh, podcasts are now available on your smartphone, on your podcast app on your smartphone. So if you just plug in in the search bar, Influencers Global Ministries, you'll find our, all these podcasts are, are on your app on your phone. So it kind of makes it easier sometimes to, to listen to them. But anyway, uh, this is the Influencers Network podcast. So I'm Brian Craig. I'm the executive director for Influencers Global Ministries. I've been your host today. Uh, but be blessed out there. I want to keep encouraging you out there to abide in Christ and go make disciples. God bless. God bless.